you know, Jesus heals this guy of the skin disease. Um, what's the big deal? Well, leprosy was equated with death in the Old Testament. It was impossible to cure someone of leprosy. That's why when someone was cured, it was it was something that only God could have done. You know, there was no medicine for this. You know, it was once you had it, you could spread it to others. And that's why you were isolated from the community. And so in this sense, when Jesus does heal this man, he tells him to go back, to go back specifically to the priests and offer this gift as a testimony to them. It is a reintegration of this person who had been separated and again, a symbolism of death, meaning separated from life, but also separated from God. That's why it goes back to the priest, offers this gift, you know, saying only God could have done this, but also offers a witness, a testimony to the priest to say that God actually healed me, i.e. through Jesus. There is a kind of signaling to the priest that, hey, something has happened here. God has done this amazing, miraculous thing that is supposed to be impossible, as impossible as curing death, but Jesus did this miracle. So that's the leper. The second one is about this um, centurion. Uh, and again, a centurion is a Roman soldier. He is in charge of a hundred soldiers, hence the word centurion. And he's an occupying force. Roman, so he wouldn't be very popular, but very powerful. And he is a foreigner. He's not a Jew. But he has an understanding of Jesus' power over the sickness. You know, Jesus says, no, I'll come, I'll heal him. But Jesus says, no, the, the centurion, this, this foreigner, this outsider who's never been to church, you know, doesn't understand how God works, understands authority of Jesus' word. He says, come means come, go means go, do this means get this done. And Jesus says, we'll do this exactly as as you've asked, you know, um, but, but Jesus also marvels at this centurion. Jesus says, I've been looking everywhere around here in this land of all these pious people who could go to the temple, you know, these priests. No one in the whole of Israel has the kind of faith I found in this one outsider. And then he, he tells this parable about how at the end of time, you know, Abraham, who is the father of Israel, you know, lots of people will come and have this meal symbolic of this end time celebration of God's kingdom instituted here on earth. But the children of the kingdom will be kicked out, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, a symbol of great sadness and great anger. You know, why am I kicked out? I'm supposed to be in the kingdom. But no, Jesus is saying many of those who think they will be in will be kicked out. And by implication, this person who should be out has been brought in. Again, death. And what's beyond death? That judgment, that hell, that sadness, that, that madness, that anger that happens when you're kicked out of God's presence. Again, illness uh, with Peter's mother-in-law. Um, the key here is that after he heals her, she immediately serves him. And here, here there is a connection between uh, salvation and service. You know, she immediately gets up and she serves Jesus. And then other people bring their sick, their, those possessed with demons, and Jesus healed them, healed all of them. And here there, it fulfills this prophecy of Isaiah about how Jesus has come 
not just to give us healing, but to take away our sickness, that there is something that is upon us, this curse, this sickness, this death, that Jesus doesn't just cancel out, but almost as if Jesus is meant to take it upon himself. He's meant to experience this sickness, this separation, and this death upon himself. He took our infirmities, our sins, and bore our diseases, a kind of clue as to what will happen on the cross. Okay, let me let me keep going here. Um, let the, bear, the dead bury their own dead, talking about the spiritual dead. You know, those who want to follow Jesus, you know, they can't turn their, their, their they, they can't, you know, have dual citizenship, you know, you know, one foot in life and one foot in death. And this seems very, very harsh. Let the dead bury their own dead. But it's talking about, obviously, you know, if you're dead, you can't get and go bury another dead. But it's talking about the spiritual dead burying the physical dead. And therefore, if you're going through following Jesus, you're following him and leaving behind that spiritual deadness. Again, more death. Save us, Lord. We are dying. And here we see the fear of death. The opposite of fear is faith, and we know that. But the opposite of fear is also life. You know, um, in Hebrews, it talks about how the devil has kept us captive all our lives through the fear of death. And that death itself has this hold on us. It's not just that final state that we are in after life, but all the kind of worry, you know, about falling ill. More people, I think, today are worried about sickness than they are about actually dying, about dementia, about, you know, just losing their faculties, not being able to go to the toilet than they are about actually even, you know, going to the coffin and being, you know, going or even going to hell. And it's this kind of, phobias, all these kinds of fears, they're also part and partial of that shadow of that death that's cast over our lives. Uh, finally, yep, okay, demons, yeah, um, that, you know, uh, these demons, what do we see here? You know, these demons, Jesus, uh, Jesus says, comes to them and they say, oh, throw us in the pigs, the pigs run off into the closet cliff and then they die. <laughs> what do we learn from this? Well, they recognize in Jesus coming coming as the son of god to bring torment before that time and that therefore there's something even worse than death these demons are willing to die they're willing to go into these pigs and then kill themselves because there's something worse beyond that that jesus will come to bring judgment as son of god he will come to bring you know the anger of god we saw that in genesis chapter 8 all that righteous judgment that will be poured out on the earth will come through Jesus, who is the judge. And we see in the end, people who reject reject to Jesus simply because they can't see this. They can't see these realities. In a way, these demons see it clearer than them. And so, um, and I know that there's this whole um, commentary about how they're worried about their income. You know, this was Gentile territory and, and all these pigs had just been killed. And so they lost all this income, this money, and I think the, the bigger picture is that it's blinded them to just what Jesus is able to do. He's able to destroy evil. He's come to, to, to judge demons. But really their hold on money, their hold on their income, their hold on this earthly life um, obfuscates, uh, 
well, I should choose an easier word, blinds them. <laughs> I just choose that. Blinds them to see the true life that Jesus offers them. So, yeah. Okay. I think that's enough of Matthew chapter 